Are there days when you feel frustrated because you're not seeing progress, but yet you continue to do the same things over and over expecting a different result? Are there days you feel defeated, lost, or hopeless and feel like giving up? Well, you're in the right place, my friend, and I can help. This is the Road to Health podcast, and my name's Tamar, your host for this adventure. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my goals and dreams a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing the way I think and how I take action, I've learned to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you want to be empowered to live up to your true potential and meet the challenge of change, join me on the Road to Health. Hey everyone, what's going on? Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, as you know, there are only a few more episodes of the Road to Health podcast, and then we are making the switch over to the Road Beyond Recovery. And I'm really excited about this transition because, as you know, obviously addiction and recovery are two topics that I'm incredibly passionate about. And as I've embarked on this journey of entrepreneurship, I have, I've had the ability to talk to so many amazing people about how they discovered their purpose, you know, what drives them, uh, how they've grown their businesses. And I really want to share that information because I have seen a lot of people in 2020 lose their lives due to addiction. And, you know, some included are people who found recovery right? They ended up developing a better life, but then they got complacent. And I think a big part of that is, you know, first of all, I mean, from anybody who recovers from anything, if you stop doing the work that got you into that position in the first place, chances are you will go back into those old behaviors at one point or another. And the second part of it, which is where my passion comes in, is that when you discover a purpose in life that is greater than yourself, it is amazing what that can do for somebody. It just takes things to a whole new level. And if you talk to anybody who has found success um, by overcoming adversity, a lot of times it's that experience that drives them into their mission uh, for what they do for people today. And I really want to focus on that. I, I have some awesome interviews coming up of people who have overcome that adversity. So these stories will be very inspiring. There's people in addiction. There's people that are people who have overcome addiction, uh, people who have overcome illness and various other uh, adversities in their life. But they're going to share with us their message of hope and also how they discovered their purpose in life. So I hope that inspires a lot of people because I am on a new mission this year and I can't wait to share that mission with you guys. So make sure you stay tuned. Nothing will change. Just the logo. Just the message, which is going to be even more inspiring, but the same place, same time as usual. So before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to remind everybody that coming February 9th, my book Beyond Recovery goes live. I am incredibly passionate about this project. I've had a lot of help and support in writing the book. I'm actually currently adding an additional chapter to the book that was unplanned and the reason I'm doing that is that for those of you who read my first book Hope Elevated or listened to the series on this show 
that I published, I talked about a relationship that I was in for about four years that was incredibly codependent. Both of us were using and unfortunately it ended up in abuse at the end and it wasn't always like that you know there was a lot of good times as well but it was um, a very toxic relationship that unfortunately um, I stayed in much longer than I probably should have now that being said I you know um, he had a son which I became very close to and recently I spoke to his son and found out that um, his dad had actually finally lost his battle with addiction and I was devastated. You know, I got a lot of peace writing Hope Elevated and talking to my counselor about it. And I feel like um, that part of my life really, it didn't come to a close, but I accepted it. And I, I was, I had no more regret. I had no more anger about all of it and I had learned to let it go and so I guess hearing that he had finally lost his battle with addiction um, it affected me a lot more than I thought it would but it has also allowed me to grieve Um, it has allowed me to reconnect with his son and you know I was reminded that those four years that we had together was a really great time for him as well so although that broke my heart Um, I was grateful that that happened and I have no regrets at all but it just it really fuels my mission even more now and really solidifies the reason I've decided to focus on my niche which is recovery and helping people overcome addiction and then really learning what they're truly capable of because it doesn't have to end that way but unfortunately it does for many people and this time it directly affected me so what I want to do is I actually want to give away about a thousand free copies of my book Hope Elevated I'm doing a launch for the new book on um, February 9th and as a way to help support people and help uh, spread hope um, that there is a life in recovery a really good one I want to give away um, at least a thousand copies for free of my book Hope Elevated so if you head on over to my website which is www.theroadforward.ca forward slash beyond dash recovery you can sign up for the um, official invite for the book launch February 9th Well, you'll be notified when that goes on sale for only 99 cents but you will also get a free copy of Hope Elevated that is on Amazon right now so you don't have to purchase it um, but you can get a free PDF copy of the book because I just want to spread that hope and um, you know help people realize that there is that life uh, after addiction and we can get better we do recover so anyway if you guys can spread the message share that episode share the link whatever you have to do my mission is to get at least a thousand free copies delivered out to people who need that hope so um, help me share that out and spread the message and I sure appreciate it because let's make this world a better place So getting into today's show, I am really excited to share this guest with you. I chat with my friend, Dr. Aaron Tressler from the Making Pittsburgh Healthy podcast. Aaron has so much amazing energy. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with him. He actually had invited me on his podcast last month 
and we had such a great chat. We probably could have chatted for hours, to be honest, so we may have to do a part two, but Aaron brings so much energy, and you know, even though the show is going in a bit of a different direction, I know that health is always going to be a big part of it, right, because you have to stay healthy in order to do what you love, and I know that just because I'm pivoting on this journey that I'm on does not mean that my health is going to come last because that's something that I need to continue to work on as I age. But Aaron and I talked about, you know, what he, what basically how he found his purpose, right? And helping people heal more naturally. He believes the body can heal itself naturally. He shares an injury that he went through where he actually put this into practice. Uh, We talk about his faith. We talk about beliefs and mindset, the central nervous system, nutrition and exercise. This episode is jam-packed with lots of goodies. So if you haven't already, make sure you pause this episode, go grab a notebook and a pen, and take some notes because you're not going to want to miss out. And of course, at the end, uh, you can find out all the contact information in the show notes. But we had a fantastic chat. Uh, Dr. Aaron Tressler has so much to give people. And make sure that after you listen to this show, you go check out his and leave him a rating and review. But let's get on with it. Welcome back, everybody. I am hanging out today with my friend, Dr. Aaron Tressler from Making Pittsburgh Healthy Podcast. How are you doing, Aaron? Good, Tamar. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I am super pumped. I love what you're doing. And I love to talk about health. So I'm excited. Good, good. And I'm I'm excited because we had a conversation a couple weeks ago where I got to be on your show So we're going to make sure we put the link so everybody can check that out. It was exciting. We probably could have gone on for hours, but obviously we're under time constraints. So why don't we start off today? You have a passion for natural health and healing, and that extends back to your childhood. So why don't we talk about that and what it was like growing up for you? I would love to. Um, When I was growing up, traditional kid, you know, in in a traditional household, um, you know, yet we never went to doctors. So it was just, you know, bandage yourself up. And I don't know if that was due to money or insurance back then you didn't have insurance, but it was just, my mom was tough on me. So anyhow, but I, I grew up, I went in my bed when I was nine years old and I was a very active kid. I was, I was into sports. So I looked healthy. Um, we didn't eat horrible. Um, but I didn't understand health and I wet my bed till I was nine. And then in uh, fourth grade, I started having all kinds of stomach pain. Always remember going to the nurse's office. And then fast forward to high school, I had uh, allergies. So I was getting allergy shots every Friday. I had sinus trouble. I was spraying stuff up my nose and taking all kinds of over-the-counter medications. I could never breathe out of my nose. Um, and then I had chronic uh, IBS. And back then it wasn't IBS. There wasn't a term for it. I had these spasms tomorrow that I'd be walking through class. And again, I was an athlete at that point. So I was a really good athlete. So if you looked at me and said, man, that kid's, he's healthy. Yet on the inside, I'm horribly sick and we're getting sicker every year. I would get these spasms that would catch me. And it felt like a dagger going up through my stomach. And I would buckle over in pain. It would last for a few seconds to maybe 10 seconds. And then they'd be gone. Then what was happening is I would get these same spasms, these cramps, and then it would lead to, I have anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute to make it to the bathroom. I'm like, what the heck is happening to me? And this is in high school. So there were times that I, I couldn't make it. 
And I'm like dealing with this like horrible feeling of what, why, why is this? It's so embarrassing. It's horrifying. I never liked doing sleepovers as a kid. I would take clothes and pack them in my sleeping bag at the bottom and try to stay up all night because that again, I mean, you'd be teased to no end. So there were things that I, I didn't really know what was happening till afterwards. And I look back and think, man, that childhood in that aspect sucked because we didn't know how to get well. Well, then I bent over one day and my back just went into spasm. I dropped to my knees. I was 17. I was a senior in high school. Um, I couldn't move. And we went to a chiropractor and it wasn't that chiropractor, but what I started understanding with chiropractic is the nerves in my back not only go into my muscles, that if they're pinched, if the spine is out of alignment, it pinches that nerve, man, you can go in pain, but those same nerves go to all the internal organs. And what was interesting, um, it wasn't until years later I found this out, those same nerves in my low back that were causing my back spasms went to my colon, all my bowels, and my bladder. And if those nerves are irritated, those nerves can't, those organs can't function properly. That was mind blowing to me. And I, I, I was, for my first instinct was I was pissed because I thought, why didn't anyone tell me this? And two, my dad had died a couple of years prior from heart disease of a heart attack at age 50. I thought, why isn't anyone saying this to us? I mean, this is, is this really this simple? Well, I was teaching at the time in Palm Beach, Florida. And I wanted to get out of teaching and chiropractic called my name. I, God led my path to be a chiropractor. I, I, I was too naive and, and dumb at the time to really understand what I was doing, but I just followed. And next thing you know, I'm at chiropractic school and I understand this system of the nerves supplying not only muscle function, but organ function. I corrected my spine and I healed up hundred percent. And then my wife who had asthma for 23 years and she took inhalers nearly every day, steroids several times a year, theophylline, a, a drug to open up her bronchioles, in and out of the hospital one to three times every single year for 23 years. I tell her about this concept and she thought first concept was like, okay, that's just weird. You're nuts. You know, I don't have pain. I'm like, it's not about pain. You got to get into the clinic. And I talked her into it. And tomorrow I'm a, I'm a pretty high energy ADH guy. I don't know how long it talk, took me to talk her into it. Probably a few days, I was probably going home every day going, you got, are you kidding me? You're living with an inhaler? You can't just come into this. This is so simple. No one dies from this stuff. So she goes in and again, within about 90 days, her asthma gone. And we started seeing this and realizing, wow, the power of the body to heal and the, and the, the impact of the nerve system and alignment was just huge. So that was my first, that's how I got to chiropractic school. And that was just mind blowing to me. Wow, that's unreal. And, you know, you mentioned that you played sports and you've played sports for a long time. You still do. Um, but you've experienced some pretty major sports injuries, correct? I have. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I choose to play a sport, and I still do, that is uh, quite traumatic. It's rugby. And so <laughs> you can imagine that. I mean, it, you're just setting yourself up for injury. But I'll kind of summarize this up until I'm 54. And I started playing rugby when I was 21 and I can continue, continue to play, but I'm not in a 54 year old league. I'm in a 20 and 30 year old league. <laughs> they look at me like grandpa. So every year I come out and I'm like, yeah, grandpa's going to whoop your butt, you know? So I still have that in me. So I, over those years, and this wasn't all with rugby. Some of it was injuries on my farm and, and just injuries, but 
I broke my ribs three times. I had two rotator cuff tears, one on each shoulder. I had a torn meniscus in my knee and a torn meniscus, slightly torn meniscus and collateral damage in my, my other knee. Um, many bruises, breaks, broken toes and fingers, <laughs> scars, <laughs> concussions. And then at age 49, I chose to take up bike riding so I don't have to run and lift weights all the time to offset the damage of, you know, pounding. Thought it was a good idea. And I was going down a hill about 30, 35 miles an hour. And my front tire, it released. It was a quick release. It released, came completely off. I went straight down on my head and shoulder. And after getting up, I was probably knocked out shortly. I got to the hospital, found out I had broken my scapula. And the scapula is the big shoulder blade back there. It's nearly impossible to break. Uh, it's high impact injury. And that's what I had. And after the hospital uh, little scene and, and the doctor saying, you know, she wanted to put me on opioids uh, up to two to three times a day uh, to reduce pain. I looked at her like, you're insane. Opioids are addicting. I'll be addicted within days and I'll probably be a heroin addict and I'll lose my life and business. And, you know, my five kids, my three grandkids, my life will be over if, if I become an addict. And I looked at her, I want to punch her. I'm like, are you insane? So my wife knew it what was going to happen because I was going to debate her even though I'm in a broken state because this is our this is our society we're in right now it's just you're sick here's a drug and in you know the addiction one one slip or one move in that direction man it, life can be over and I I just I am not going there so my wife jumped in and said well what's what's plan b and she goes well try ibuprofen and she walked away so I didn't take any any opioids, praise God, but I got out of the hospital and I thought, okay, what is the prognosis for this? How long is it going to take me to heal? The surgeon I met with, you know, said, you won't need surgery, but it's going to be a long road and blah, blah, blah. It didn't really give me any hope. And most of the people who broke their scapula would take up to about a year for good healing, not perfect, just good. And it was, yeah, one guy even said, you may be able to do a push-up by the, by the year's end. I'm like a push-up. I'm like, ah, this can't be. So prayer, reading my Bible, I got, you know, just like an affirmation said, you're going to be well. Your body's healed through broken ribs. The last time I broke my ribs, it was about three years prior before that accident. I healed two weeks, two weeks. And I, I was playing rugby after breaking my ribs. That's unheard of. So and we'll, we can dive into this healing concept that we all have. This isn't just me. We all have this. And there, there takes a specific action step to, to uh, I think, get this out of our system working properly, because we all have, it's like a hidden gem, you know? And so I, I sat there and I said, I'm going to heal. I'm going to heal fast. And I'm going to play rugby again. When I told my wife I'm playing rugby again, she looked at me, she's been down this road with me. And she's like, why? Why rugby? <laughs> Play, take up something else. She's our coach. And I said, why? Because I believe God's going to heal me 100%. And I'm going, I'm playing. So I went after it. And I, tomorrow, the pain was on a scale of one to 100. It was a 200. The pain was unbearable. I would sitting my, sit in my office just to give people a perspective because they could say, well, you know, it must not have been that bad. You know, maybe, you know, maybe it was broken, but you weren't like me. I broke my knee. I broke my femur. I had surgery. My pain, I would, I would be in my office in a sling. I had another doctor adjusting for me and I would 
get this, it felt like somebody pouring hot oil over my head. And I would feel this, this sensation come on. And I knew pain was coming. I'm like, oh God. So I'd run, I'd take my ibuprofen, anywhere from about four to 600 milligrams. I tried not to go over 600 milligrams. And I knew it, it would take about 15 to 30 minutes to kick in. So I would sit and I would walk around the office until I had a breaking point. I would have to go out in my back porch, my back patio, and I would ball. I'd ball my eyes out because the pain just overtook me. I couldn't, couldn't take it. But when I cried, it kind of released some hormones and chemicals that like went, ah, okay. I would regroup, wipe my tears off, come into the office and say, okay, what, what do we need to do? And they're like, they would look at me like, are you okay? Do you need to go home? I said, I'm not going home. I said, this is part of my healing. I'll deal with it. You know, what's next? And uh, that took me about six weeks of pain finally diminished. But I trained every day. I trained physically, uh, mentally, uh, with chiropractic. And I'll just tell you the outcome. And if we want to dive in deeper, what I did, we can do that. But in two and a half months, I ran a 5K race with my son who was training in 21 minutes. And I let him beat me at the last minute, <laughs> last second. <laughs> he, was, he beat me by one second. And I, I was running. I just came out of a sling. So 21 minutes isn't, isn't slow. That's a pretty quick pace. Um, I bench pressed 225 pounds at five and a half months. And then I played my first rugby game in eight months, something that I shouldn't have been able to do. Maybe they would have probably just said, you'll never be able to play rugby again. Um, you, you can get your health back. But I overcame all the odds and I did it. And I'm still playing today. It's been five years and we just had another season and I did fine. That's incredible. So I definitely want to dive deeper into it because you said a few things that really struck me. First off, the fact that when you were offered, you know, op opioids for the pain relief, most people today, unfortunately, accept it. And I think that's why we part of what we have this incredible, you know, issue right now and problem with addiction, because it's too easy to say, well, it comes from a doctor, it must be okay. And I, as you know, personally have experienced addiction, I can't take anything that's mind altering. And I don't think a lot of people realize that they could get in a lot of trouble if they are prone to addiction. So I'd love to talk about, you know, let's dive deeper into healing without drugs, because I think that is something to keep in mind these days and just how you did that. That's a great question. And boy, I'll tell you, that could be a <clears throat> two hour talk, but <laughs> I'm going to summarize it. And, and this in at the end, if you want to put my links on there, my contact information, I will help anyone um, go down that path to try to find what's necessary and communicate. I've done a lot of videos and my podcasts. We're always there to educate because this is an unknown to a lot of people like myself. When I discovered chiropractic, I did, just didn't discover chiropractic. I discovered that the body can heal itself naturally. And I discovered that the power within us is incredible. We have an innate inborn ability to heal that is just incredible. It's better than any drug, anything out there. So how do we how do we develop that? How do we get that going? Because we all have it. We're all born with this. And first, it's our mindset. We have to, we have to start with mindset. Um, our mindset and belief, if it's not there properly, and trust me, your, your mindset and belief is something that grows. It's not something that you just wake up and turn on and say, I have it. You wake up and you say, I want it. I'm going to start doing something today to make it 1% better. And because of all my injuries from 
before chiropractic school on and all the healing I experienced, every time I got injured and healed, injured and healed, injured and healed, my belief kept getting stronger and stronger. And you don't have to have injuries to create that belief. You can hear stories like this and say, well, I'll use Dr. Tresser's belief. <laughs> use it. Don't, don't ask for an injury to, to have your belief. Use my belief. And use others you know, that experience this and say, you know what, if they can do it, then so can I. They've gone through it, so can I. So we have to have a mindset open to, I can heal. When I got to that point, they said the opioids, there was no doubt in my mind that I could get through this without opioids. No doubt in my mind. And you may be on that fence going, oh my gosh, I take pain pills all the time. What would I have done? You'll cross that road, but it, it takes something today that starts moving you away from that. It's really addiction and a mindset that every time we're injured or sick or hurt, we need, we need a pill. We need something outside in. So <clears throat> that's first and foremost. We have to have the mindset. Without the mindset, you don't go anywhere. And just like this, this podcast, people are on this podcast because you already have the mindset listening. You have that. You're sparking that with a show like this today. And every time you listen to tomorrow, you're sparking it and getting greater hope, greater depth, and saying, you know what? I can keep going down this path. You'll never arrive. It's always a journey, but you already have that. So you just have to develop it better. The second thing, you know, we, most people think, okay, what they always ask, but what did you eat? You know, what's your exercise did you do? And before that exercise, nutrition are incredibly important. Before that, the only thing that heals the body, the only thing that can heal my shoulder, repair my tissue, mend my wound, create the proper cellular um, buildup to actually create a strong, healthy bone again is my nerve system, my central nerve system, my brain. And my brain and my spinal cord and nerve system are the, is the system that creates healing. I have to have that running properly and intact. And that's where chiropractic comes in. That's where proper posture comes in. That's where alignment, balance, and even exercises that help us realign our posture support that. And there's not a doctor in the world, a surgeon in the world that would deny that our central nerve system runs and heals our body. They just don't understand how that, how an impact of chiropractic or alignment. So the major thing with chiropractic is let's just say my shoulder is <clears throat> if my neck alignment is not in proper alignment, then I'll have some type of nerve pressure. Now, hitting my head on concrete 35 miles an hour, is it possible, <laughs> not being a doctor, <laughs> is it possible that my neck's out of alignment with a fall like that? I mean, you'd have to say, that's pretty possible. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the first thing I did was I had a buddy come that day when I got home from the hospital to adjust my neck and make sure my neck is aligned and open because if the spine is not in alignment, it's interfering with my own body's ability to heal, my innate or inborn ability to heal. And if I don't have that, I can't heal 100%. Whether it doesn't matter what kind of nutrition and exercise program I have, if my central nerve system is being um, compressed, irritated, interfered with, I, I'll never have my full healing power. And that's the, that was when I understood that from chiropractic school, that opened up the wow. So you're telling me if I'm in alignment, I, it's not that I'm going to be perfect or I'll never get sick, but I'll have a, a, my optimal chance to heal. Who doesn't want that? And, you know, so that's what I do in my office. We, when we do x-rays and alignment, we look at structure. I look deep into where is the problem and let's start to repair it. Let's start to improve it. And when that happens and the nerve system opens up, the highest level of healing starts to happen in the body. Your body starts to heal. 
And your body makes its own opioids. Your body makes its own um, pain-reducing chemicals, but it has to be working properly and it has to be in a line properly to allow that to happen. And uh, that was the, those are the first two. And I'll kind of I'll pause there if we want to ask anything on that before we get into the other ones. But that knowing that and knowing that my body healed from the past and knowing that I had a very severe injury, I didn't doubt and I, I had no shred of doubt, my belief that I was going to heal and I was going to heal properly. And I did. Wow. I, you know, I, um, I had surgery actually right before I got sober and they gave me Tylenol threes with codeine. And I remember the first time I was putting little stashes around the house because I was like, well, I knew my, my ex-husband now, but husband at the time would throw them away. Right. Because he did not want me taking them. The second time, actually I had surgery on my knee, uh, my opposite knee, they didn't give me that anymore because my doctor knew I was now in recovery and mm. that I needed to start, you know, taking things that did not have any, um, you know, addictive properties in it. And so I loved what you talk about mindset belief, and I'd love to get into a couple things here. Um, so obviously where you go from what we just discussed, but also when I got sober, one of the things I really dove into was nutrition and exercise. And I went all in because I actually thought that was my problem at first, right? I was overweight. It wasn't alcoholism. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if many people know this about you, but you gave up alcohol about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And for myself personally, nutrition and exercise were part of what allowed me to kind of start that journey and then it was developing those beliefs and mindset. So let's talk about that for a second and just how, you know, nutrition and impact is all part of this and then also how you gave up alcohol a year ago and how that's changed your life. It's been 13 months in about four days. Yes. <laughs> and you know, like when you, I always look at my app, I'm like, how many days? I was, I was zoning <laughs> in on that one year thing. Um, what you feed your body, your body utilizes for repair. And a great analogy is tomorrow you say, I'm going to build a new home and you have a piece of property and somebody says, hey, I'll, I'll supply the material. And they come and they dump off a bunch of broken wood, rotten wood, bent nails, screws that are stripped. And they give you a lot of material. And you're like, what am I going to do with this? Here, build a house. I can't build a house with this. This is going to look, it's going to be the worst house possible. That's how food is to our body. If we feed our body junk and sugar and processed food, you're giving it junk. And the body's looking at it going, tomorrow, you just gave me a Snickers bar, some chicken wings, and this processed food that is full of chemicals. And you want me to make muscle cells out of this? All right, we'll do the best we can. And it, it just can't repair. Our body's always in a constant state of, of regeneration. This is what's really cool is this is just might blow your mind. I mean, this blows my mind every time I think about it. Your colon heals and regenerates every four months. Your stomach lining, every two weeks to a month, you get a whole new stomach lining. Your lung lining, in one month, you get an inner lining of your lung. And within a year, you rebuild your whole lung tissue. So your body's always in a constant of old cells die, new cells are being restored. So what are you replacing the old cells with? Snicker bars or you know a good you know, steak and vegetables and salad and cucumbers, you know, it's whatever you're, whatever you're supplying is replenishing what you're, what you're, you know, the old cells dying off. So 
accumulative over time, you end up with a broken, dying, hurt, dismantled body at age 40 and go, ah, geez, I guess it's age. So when my patients come in, and they don't, I, I think I look younger than 54, but when my patients come in and they're 51, 53, and they're like, ah, oh, doc, my, that's just my age, you know, I'm, I'm breaking down. And I look and I say, well, that's interesting because at 51, you're broken. And I'm playing rugby this weekend and I'm 54 and I'm playing with 20 year olds. And I said, it's not age, man. And they look at me and go, oh, <laughs> I'm like, gotcha. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not age. It's, I've replenished my body with, with healthy food. I don't eat processed food. I gave up sugar about four months ago, four or five months ago. And that's another talk about addiction. Holy moly. And I came to a, a point and I said, can I do this? I'm, I'm telling patients, I would never tell patients stop sugar. I would tell them reduce because I never stopped. Now I can say stop. I'm like, you just have to cut out sugar. And they look at me. I'm like, I've done it. I said, they said, but I like it. I said, Don't we all? Are you kidding me? I love bread. I love crackers. And, and I, I would say I gave it up 100%, probably 99%. There was a few times it snuck in or, you know, something happened. And it was like, ah, no big deal. Um, but nutrition supplies what your body repairs and, and restores itself. And if you have poor nutrition, it's very easy to find some good starting points points on nutrition. Um, they're they're all over the web. I I can leave some of my resources. And one thing I just came up with is pretty neat. It's called the um, it's called the the website's the pain free way. And I came up with four things, four teaching points on mind, nerve system, eating, and exercise. I can link up. It's a free mini course that gives people a starting point. It's like where where do I start with? We'll start here. And I just give give you my experience and. Uh, all the resources I have. So that could be a good thing if people are looking like, sometimes you get overwhelmed. You listen to these podcasts, you're like, yes, where do I go? <laughs> and then you buy a book like I do. I buy books all the time. And I'm always telling my patients on, or my people on my podcast, you've got to take up, you know, if Tamar wrote a book, get her book, buy the dang thing, read it. You know, don't sit on the sidelines hoping, take action. So I, I came up with something free. So anyhow. Um, and so nutrition's vital and exercise, you know, if your body's not moving, you're not supplying energy and healing. You're not supplying blood supply. You're not keep, if the joints aren't lubricated moving, they're dying. And so you exercise is critical to rebuild tissue. So the second day, day two, I take my arm out of the sling. I drop it to my side in pain. And I started doing circles and my wife looked at me, she goes, are you crazy? She said, no, I'm crazy at this point. She goes, you crazy? I said, the surgeon said I'm allowed to do this. I just, he told me, don't do a pull-up. That was his recommendation. So I'm like, a pull-up? I can't even lift my arm. So I'm like, okay, very good instruction. So I said, I'm doing this. The pain was unbearable. And I knew if I don't get movement, I'm not going to supply the blood nourishment there. And this is a pretty cool fact about movement is Dr. Speary, a 1971 Nobel Prize winner, he did a lot of brain research and he found that the movement of the spine, movement of the spine, so the spine has to be movable, supplies 90% of the nourishment to the brain. Wow. And that was a medical, you know, research science paper that chiropractors use. I don't know if anyone else uses it, but who doesn't want, you know, nourishment to their brain? And this is movement to the spinal cord. So it takes good posture, good chiropractic alignment, adjustments, and good exercise to allow that to happen. And if we don't have that, we're not going to heal. Mm -hmm. So 
Go ahead. I'll pause there, and we can dive into like the the alcohol and stuff if you have any questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know it's interesting because I still have knee pain from when I had surgery originally, and one of the things was I was trying to mask the pain in the beginning, but it really wasn't allowing me to feel where I was at. You know, and I think that's something that people probably don't always realize is you you kind of need to feel that pain to gauge if you're healing or if you're not or if you're going too hard but right. what is that point if you start going a little bit too hard like where you're overdoing it, where you could do more harm than good um you'll you'll know that and there's no no doctor to tell you that i think doctors put way too many restrictions on people and i think it's based on the guidelines of a 54 year old guy breaks his scapula comes into the hospital most 54 year olds are overweight they're on three or four medications. They don't exercise six days a week. They don't play rugby. They don't have their spine adjusted. They don't eat healthy. So they're categorizing me in with somebody that is very subpar in their health. And I don't say that to say that I'm this perfect guy. I've just taken care of my health. So I'm at a different level. I'm not the typical. So you can't throw me into that category and say, well, you're going to, it's going to take a year to heal. How do you know? So I think there's way too many restrictions and they do that to protect themselves because they don't have guys 54 coming in playing rugby. They, they have the typical person, so they have to watch it. So what I tell patients is you have to go at it. You have to, like you said, when you, uh, you know, when your nutrition, you went at it hundred percent, we've got to go after it. This is what I did. When I went on a run, I'm like, I got to start running. I, I want to run this race in two months. This is crazy. How am I going to do it? I got to train. And I had been training before that. So I put my arm in a sling. I held it as tight as I could. And I went out running one arm runner. The next day I woke up the pain. I felt like somebody hit me in the back with a baseball bat. And I'm like, ah, too much. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to run. I'm going to walk and jog a little. So I didn't stop. I just backed off a little. I, I, and I was in pain that next day, but I knew, okay, don't run for 20 minutes walk for 10 and jog for a few. We'll try that the next day I could tolerate. So I'm like, all right, there's my starting point. So it's one of those things that everyone's individualized, our healings individualized and how our bodies are functioning are individualized. But the only way to push that highest level is keep climbing. You know, if you're going to climb a mountain, get to the mountaintop, you're going to walk over some stones and thorns and you're going to fall. Do you just sit back and cry and I can't do this? Or are you going to say, screw it? I'm going to keep going. I got to keep getting to the top. If your goal is to heal, don't let doctors tell you otherwise. And don't let your pain tell you otherwise, because your pain, you can work through your pain. And I definitely had to take ibuprofen. I'm thankful there were medications, but I knew I don't want to go down that route of opioids because that's an addiction. And I knew that I could beat it. So I just, it's, you just have to push through it. Mm -hmm. So Speaking of numbing the pain, I used to drink to numb the pain, right? That for me, that was always, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, alcohol was always my solution for everything. And you've been, you know, over a year now, which congratulations, that's incredible. Um, you. you know, let's talk about, you know, when did you kind of realize that was it was a problem for you and what made you quit? Wow. <clears throat> when I listen to all these podcasts on alcoholism and people drinking, I always wanted to know that. Like, what is that? Like, how did it happen? Well, playing rugby, if I know anything about rugby, rugby and beer just go hand in hand. And um, I never drank a lot, but I, I, I drank and I drank beer. And, and it wasn't until my 
probably mid forties. I have five kids and I saw my kids drinking and getting into some trouble. And I thought alcohol sucks. It's just, it's not good. It's, there's nothing good about it. You feel good. You feel happy and joyous. And I was the class clown when I would drink. I was always the, the, the party, party guy. And I like that because I'm actually relatively shy when it comes to a party. If there's a party and I don't drink, I just want to sit in the corner and just, I don't want to do anything. Um, but when I drank, I was a party house. So, but in my mid forties, I started realizing, you know what, it would be better off if I didn't drink. I'm like, I want to stop drinking. And then I looked at myself and said, no, you don't. You like it. You like to feel the buzz. So I went through this for you know years battling this, just saying, and it was kind of a soft battle where I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have DUIs. I wasn't coming in drunk to work. I wasn't, you know, waking up with hangovers, but it was affecting me. And where that level doesn't matter if you're drinking, a, if you're addicted to one glass of wine a night, and that's all you do, you can't stop it. That's an addiction. And I started listening to these podcasts and I heard somebody say on one of them, I have a drinking problem. And I stopped and thought, that's me. I'm not an alcoholic sitting under, we think alcoholics sitting under the bridge with a bag and, you know, not going to work and they've lost their family and everyone. And I thought, I have a drinking problem because I can't. It's very hard for me to stop. I, I never could stop. And I looked back and thought, I don't think I ever didn't have a drink for maybe a week time in 30 or 40 years, you know, 30 years or so. And I'm like, holy crap, I have a problem. And my wife, she would have a glass of wine, drink half of it, leave it there, leave it sit and drunk, dump it down the sink. If I open the beer, it's going, the whole thing's going down. And I got to the point that we would go out to dinner. I would choose a dinner place based on, do they have alcohol? And it was, do they have good IPAs? You know, not just a typical Budweiser, it's an IPA. So my wife would say, you know what? Don't drink, just have a couple, just don't drink. You know, I like you better. I'm like, <clears throat> she's starting to see this. Like I, I wasn't the nicest guy, you know, when I drank, I started getting annoying and yeah. And I already had like four to five beers when I would drink at night, but it was, it was too much. And I would, I would say, okay, I'll just have a couple. So I would look on the, the list and you can, you probably relate to this. Anyone who drinks and has a problem relates to this. And this was hearing from the podcast and I kept saying, I'm this guy. I, I would look over and say, oh, this one had, this brown ale has 9% alcohol. I'll have a brown ale, please. And then what do they ask for? Do you want 16 or 20 ounce? Hon, you might as well take the 20 ounce because I save money in the long run. That was my way of getting about four beers in to in in two so and she didn't know that <laughs> so i would do that and so i saw that pattern happening and i was going you got to be kidding me why am i doing this my kids are seeing this so i, I tomorrow it was really i didn't want my kids to have future problems by just seeing me do this and i thought if i can stop it's better for them i don't know what their decision will be but at least I'm doing my part, at least a part. And I, and I was convicted. I was like, God, please help me. I need help. I want to stop. I didn't want to stop. I tried. I did it one time for six months. And then after the six month mark, we went to out to eat. And, and I said, hon, I'm going to have a beer. And the, the three words you, or you, never, you never say is I got this. Yes. <laughs> I said, I got this. She's like, are you sure? I said, I'll just have one with that one hit. And I'm like, oh, this tastes good. And then that went on another year or so of drinking until October 6th last year. And I just said, you know what? I'm done. 
the next day I, I, I got through it and it took me about a good week to 10 days for the physical addiction where you, you know, you taste it in your tongue and then the emotional addiction, you hear a, you hear a beer bottle crack and your, your head just immediately goes IPA. And it's like, holy crap, this is crazy how the, the chemistry and the neurons in your brain work. But it, I just hung in there and I just kept fighting it. And slowly but surely, the, it faded and faded and faded. And at this point, and I'm, I'll never say I got this again. At this point, um, I'm doing very well. I haven't had a, a beer. I don't even really desire. Um, I, my, my drinks now are seltzer and lemon and I would maybe a little slavia. And this is funny. I'll stop here. Um, I reached in and I saw, I thought it was a can of seltzer, orange seltzer in the fridge. What well, was one of the kids tangerine beers? And I go to reach for it. I pull it out. I'm like, you son of a gun. I said, uh, so I didn't open it, but I'm like, I, and when I drink a can of seltzer, I, I guzzle it, you know, I'm it's gone. And I'm like, would that have counted if I drank that? And, and they said, no. And I said, but crap, I would have had to start over again. They said, you would have knew, you know, before it got up to your lips. So I didn't drink it, but that was funny. That is funny. I, I actually, I went to Mexico. Um, we try to go at least once a year. And one time I had ordered a virgin margarita, right? Well, they don't, in Mexico, virgin drinks are not very common, obviously. Um, and I remember taking a sip and there was tequila in it. And instantly I spit it back in the cup and my <laughs> whole body just went tingly because it was that just, oh my God, what a feeling, right? And I couldn't like, it was scary though, because it was almost like I was envisioning myself doing the table dancing and getting out of control and you know becoming this confident person but it is scary and i think i love how you talk about the quantity and a lot of people i think they continue to struggle with things any any type of addiction um and thinking well i have to end up homeless i have to end up you know um living under a bridge with it, drinking out of a brown paper bag and for me, that's not my story. You know, I had a lot of um, really dark moments in my addiction, but for the most part, I was a very functioning, you know, alcoholic myself. And I knew I was an alcoholic by the, just the quantity I drank and it was every day and I couldn't stop thinking about it, right? I was always thinking about it. And even the can, how you mentioned like hearing a noise, anytime today somebody cracks open a soda or pop or anything, I'm like, Oh, that reminds me of cracking a beer. And it's amazing how that's still there. Isn't it? Yeah. And can, can I say too, that like that neurology, and I learned this, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll share the, the podcast uh, called Recovery Elevator. And I, and I know you don't mind doing that. You know, we're not on the show to just promote ourselves and block everyone else because these kind of things can ruin your life. And we need to help as many angles as we can. And when I when I found Recovery Elevator, I had tried other podcasts, nothing resonated. Well, that Recovery Elevator did. And I just started, kept listening. And I learned on there that the, you, know, you have a trigger, and mine was a, a beer, like an IPA or a dark beer. I could look at a margarita, does nothing for me. I could look at Jack Daniels. I could look at any kind of whiskeys, anything, tequila, nothing. I could turn, and this is how the neurons work in your brain. I would turn the page of a magazine, and if I saw a guy holding an IPA, immediately I was my tongue, and I would start to get this chemical feeling like I need an IPA. 
And I would drive past the beer store and I would see the beer sign. I would look up. I have to go home. I pass it every day from my office to home every day. And a big sign, beer. And many times I'm driving, I'm like, I don't need, no, no, no. And I'm like, an IPA. I'd hear that crack. I'd smell it. I'd kind of taste it. And next thing you know, I pull in. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I'm like, okay, just get a six pack. That's not bad. I mean, we talk ourselves into moderation. I'll just get a 12 pack. It won't look as bad. So my wife doesn't see me hiding beer bottles in boxes, trying to hide them. So she didn't know I drank five. She thinks I drank two. <laughs> That's another, everyone does that too. You know, you try to sneak them or I take them out to the barn and throw them away. She, she would catch me. She said, I know you had more than two. She goes, cause you were a jackass last night. You know, you, you had five. And I'm like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's built into our neuron system. And if we don't take control of it, and it only takes about a week to two to, for that to change. And now I can hear it, but it doesn't, it doesn't fire anything. I can, you know, the, the, my kids, you know, they don't have a beer or two. They're way more controlled than I am. I, I would, when I drank one, I wanted five. I didn't want one. I wanted five. My drank wife would have one. She would want one. So we're all built differently in internally too, with our chemistry and our makeup. So my, you know, I'll see an IP and I'm like, that used to taste good. And I'm like, it doesn't do anything for me now. And it's really cool. And they'll say, what do you want? I'm like, oh, have a, you have Perrier with lemon. And they're like, that's it. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and it's okay. Uh, that's funny. Anytime my spouse and I go to the restaurants, they'll ask us the first thing, you know, do you guys want to drink? And right away, he's like, we don't drink. I'm like, I will drink a Diet Coke. <laughs> so it's funny, though. It's almost like when somebody asks you if you want to drink, well, it has to be an alcoholic beverage. And it yeah. doesn't because it's actually quite normal to go out for dinner. I'm finding out now um to not order a drink or when you do order a drink you drink half of it you know like yeah. you said your wife you're looking going what you know what the heck you're only drinking half of that it just seems insane and moderation for me in many aspects of my life does not exist um you know even sugar sugar is my nemesis right now and i know that when i have sugar it triggers this you know and it just a constant it's a slippery slope for me so i know that for me i have to be really careful when it comes to picking things that i want to do in moderation as opposed yeah. to it's just healthier if i remove it from my life altogether so but let's talk about your podcast right because i love what you're doing um making pittsburgh healthy what inspired you to do this i was on a a uh, weekend trip with my buddies. I think we were in Arizona. It was a football trip. We always go see the, the Pittsburgh Steelers play somewhere every year, high school buddies. And I, I'm an early guy. I get up early, you know, around five o'clock. Well, the time difference was different. So I was probably up at 3.34 in the morning. <laughs> Everyone's sleeping. And I and I didn't, I wasn't drinking. So they were all probably had some beer that night before they were going to sleep longer. And I'm up. I just started, you know, I read my Bible and I do my prayer time and I do vision time. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I got to do something big. You know, what is it going to be? And, and this just got downloaded, you know, God downloaded making Pittsburgh healthy, do a podcast. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, really? Cause podcasts, as you know, tomorrow, they're not, it's not, you just open up your thing and just, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of work involved to get to the point that you do a podcast and then scheduling and doing your guests and interviewing and, and researching. There's a lot of work behind but my goal in my in my practice here in my life is to help as many people as I can experience what I I didn't as a kid and experience so they don't have to die at age 50 like my dad 
and experience the chiropractic principles and living without drugs and living a healthy life and just to be able to have that opportunity. And I thought, I wonder how healthy Pittsburgh is. Well, we're not that healthy. And I thought, could I make Pittsburgh the healthiest city in America? I'm like, wow, that's a crazy goal. And I'm battling with myself. I said, just call it that. I don't know how you're going to do it, but just go for it. So I battled for about three months, four months, putting it off because I knew the work was going to be involved. And then I finally said, I'm pulling the plug. I'm going to do it. And um, the goal is I interview a lot of people. I interviewed yourself that, and I love that interview. And like we said, we, I could talk to you for hours. It's one of those to be healthy, you have to have all aspects of your health, your mind. And if you have any part of addiction, which you know, your addiction, your, your weight problems, those things won't allow you to be as healthy as you can. And many people just on the addiction part, addicted to sugar, addicted to food, addicted to alcohol, you'll never be 100% healthy. And if you don't get that in order, the chiropractic part, aligning the spine helps, but it, it's not the end answer. Going out and eat an organic diet helps, but it's not the, the answer. Exercising and running marathons. I've ran marathons. I've ran ultra marathons. And like that part of me is I'm like, oh, that was a crazy. I'd rather play rugby. That doesn't make you healthy either. You've got to find your weaknesses and, and start, start getting control of them and uplifting areas of your life. So my goal is to interview as many people in healthcare naturally, natural healthcare, and start um getting our mindset changing and then implementing ideas. And we are off to just a fabulous start. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of great feedback. I've had some really cool guests on the show and some names that I never thought I would get early on my show. Um, so it's been fun. And the goal is to, no matter where you are in this country, obviously I want Pittsburgh, my hometown and right where I'm at, my patients, I wanna see their lives flourish because I get to see and experience this firsthand. But this goes out throughout the world. I, I think we're in like 14 countries right now. It's really like, wow, there's like people from Indonesia listening to me. I'm like, this is cool. And if we apply these principles with or without a chiropractor, with or without a nutritionist, a coach, we can apply these principles. That's what I teach on my show to implement right in your house. And then from there, you know, you, we can help you find, you'll start to learn tactics on how to eat, what, why sugar is so addicting. I had a guy on my show. I think his name is Mike Collins, and he didn't eat sugar for 30 years. And, and I'm like, what? I, you know, I like, to, I, I like to do things and then be like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I like, I'm co competitive. And when I heard that, I'm like, I suck. I, I haven't had sugar in like three days. You know, I'm like, okay. So he inspired me after like a month after his show. I'm like, I'm going to see if I can do this sugar thing. And once I did it, like alcohol, because it's an addiction, what is alcohol? It's sugar. You know, it's the same thing. And once I got out of it for about a week or so, I'm like, I really don't desire this anymore. This is pretty cool. So, and I'll never say I got this and, and I'm not worried if I have some here and there, you know, but I've, I've done fabulous. And that's the show. It's just to, to help people learn, get motivated, inspired on different tactics, different strategies that you may have never heard. There's a lot of people out there, unfortunately, um, never hear about chiropractic or natural ways until they're in the pit or until they lived in the pit for 10 years. And I experience that in my office every week where people are coming in and have headaches for, you know, 10, 20 years every week, one to two migraines a week. And, and it blows me away. I'm like, nobody ever told you about chiropractic. They may have had chiropractic, but they didn't have the way we do it, or they didn't have a complete uh, workup and an understanding of how to heal. And sometimes their results are within days, they're, they're better. And they look at me and go, 
what the, geez, you're kidding me. And I'm like, keep telling others. <laughs> it's like, what do we do? We just have to keep spreading the word because unfortunately I lived a very sick childhood and look at all you had suffered through your life to get to the point you're at now. And you're inspiring people. And it's not just inspiring people, but people look at it and hear your story and you inspire them and say, I'm going to stop drinking. That's a life. You just saved their life. Could they have had a car accident? Could they have ruined their career and, and lifestyle and lost their kids and their spouse and their business and family? It's it's unfortunate. My my brother, my older brother, I have four people in my family. My sister died at age 54, just didn't take care of herself. My brother this, this year, January 1st of my birthday, died of heart failure, but it was from alcoholism. So these things are for real and you can't take them lightly. And we can't just sit. My, my thing is starting to show is I just didn't want to sit on the sidelines if I can do it. And I'm like, I kept arguing, I don't have time to do it. I'm like, you've got to make time, man. People are dying. And my brother didn't want to listen. He had an opportunity, but he didn't want to listen. You're listening to this show today. You have an opportunity. The only way to do it is act. You know, it's buy tomorrow's book and, and keep listening to this podcast. Refer these, these people to these, these podcasts. Refer your friends and say, listen to this show. You don't know how far reaching it's going to become. They may become the next movement in alcoholism they may become the me next medical doctor that that does everything natural better than any doctor on the planet or the best chiropractor on the planet so just keep just keep reaching out that's what i want to do with the show is just give people an opportunity and i love how you're obviously going to impact many areas of the world because like you said you're in a number of different countries but also that you're choosing to focus in your own backyard because i think when you get into this you know podcasting space you want to help the world right we're so excited you're on a mission you want to scream it from you know the rooftop but i really love how you're trying to focus and make an impact where you are right and then kind of moving out but i know you're going to help so many people the show is amazing i've listened to multiple episodes now and thank you for doing what you do so how can people reach you? Because I know I am definitely going to go onto your website and check out that free mini course. I wrote it down as soon as you mentioned it. But how can people learn more about you? Yeah, that's a, that's an easy one. Thepainfreeway.com. Because everyone wants pain free. Thepainfreeway.com. Um, my podcast, Making Pittsburgh Healthy. Uh, that's an easy find. And I would say, if, you know, just like tomorrow's show, you know, get on if you like it, subscribe, write us a review, just share because I, I just read all the reviews the other day and I read these. I'm like, ah, it inspires you to keep going. Um, uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. If you just Google my name, Aaron Tressler, you'll probably find a bunch of stuff. Aaron Tressler Chiropractor in my Innate Life websites, my personal website for my office. I have a lot of resources there too. So if you Google my name, <laughs> you should find me. I've, I've done hundreds and hundreds of videos and I'm all over the place and, and people are like, I've seen you before. I'm like, yeah, cause I'm on this crap all the time. I, I, and my daughter tries to just, and it's not promoting me, it's promoting the mission and it's promoting the statement. And if we can save one more person from dying, like, like my dad, I looked at that and my daughter said to me one day, I was at a workshop late at night, I came home around 10 o'clock and she was up, she was young. And she said, daddy, do you do these because of your dad die, you know, died? And I said, no, I, I don't do them just for him. I mean, that's, that's a reason I, you know, this is my passion. It's what I love doing. And I know I can help people. And she goes, 
if your dad would have been in an office like yours, he wouldn't be dead, would he? And I'm like, pretty insightful. I, I said, I, I would believe he wouldn't. And uh, that's where we got to keep going. So um, yeah, if, if you have the links on your page and, and you click on it, if you need my services in any way where you need to just ask some questions or understand chiropractic, I have a lot of resources. I have a lot of uh, chiropractic resources throughout the country and even the world. I have some friends I played rugby with in South Africa and Australia. Um, England, Holland. So I have some contacts. So wherever you're at, we'll try to help you, you know, find what's best for you. And I've written a bunch of books and that's not my main thing, but uh, my, my websites and, and contact where, you know, if you find me, you'll, you'll find a lot of resources. Well, I know you're going to help a ton of people and I can't wait to try your free mini course. So we'll make sure we put all those links in the show notes after, but thank you so much, Aaron for being on the show. I appreciate all the wisdom and knowledge that you poured out of your heart today. Thanks, Tamar. And for everyone listening, make sure you subscribe to Tamar if you're not and review. She depends on this for her show to get out. So support her, love her through that. She's doing an amazing job. Thanks, Tamar. Thanks, Aaron. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Doesn't Aaron have such amazing energy? He is such an awesome guy. It is just another reminder um, that, you know, podcasting is such an awesome platform to meet people. So if any of you out there have ever had the desire to start a podcast or thought about it before, right? Maybe you have a story you want to share. Maybe you have something you're passionate about. I highly recommend it because... You just get to meet so many amazing people and everybody is on the same mission, right? It's that to use this type of platform to educate people on what their expertise is. So Aaron is no different. So make sure you go check out his podcast, the Making Pittsburgh Healthy podcast and give him some love, some ratings and reviews. And yes, thank you guys for always supporting me in the show. This last year has been absolutely incredible. I'm a little bit sad that, you know, the road to health will be no longer, but it will always remain kind of in the background and I will continue to share all aspects of my journey and health is just another big piece of that pie. Um, But like I said, I'm on a new mission this year and I really can't wait to help inspire people to really kind of develop their purpose in life and discover what they're capable of because we are all capable of so much more. So make sure to download that free copy of my book, Hope Elevated, by going to theroadforward.ca forward slash beyond dash recovery. You can pick up your copy there. And then in one more month, we are actually less than a month now. We've got uh, Beyond Recovery coming out, which shares the next part of my journey. Anyways, guys, I will see you next week. Take care. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my mission is to empower you to live up to your true potential because you're capable of so much more than you think. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them create a vision, define their goals, and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you'd like to learn more about my individual and group coaching, visit my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And when you're there, make sure you sign up for one of my free live workshops so you can start your journey today.